Thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Inner Circle Podcast. My guest for this episode is my good friend, Alan Schimmel. So, Alan, uh, I mean, I think everyone knows you, but why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing? Hey, Tony, I don't think everyone knows me. Stop. But uh, pleasure to be on. And, and I'm actually on the other side of the mic today being a guest on a podcast. But, yeah, my name's Alan Schimmel. I'm the uh, CEO founder of a company called Media Ops. And Media Ops is the company behind several uh, media sites in the tech world, probably most prominently DevOps.com. Uh, we've been at that now for about five and a half years, as well as Security Boulevard, which is the home of the Security Bloggers Network, and Container Journal, uh, which is all about Kubernetes and Docker and all things container and microservices. And uh, our most recent site launching is actually called Digital Anarchist, and that's our video platform where we'll be doing some rich media, broadcasting live from events, stuff like that. Um, you know, we I have a lot of fun doing it, Tony, after 30 years in the IT business, mostly as a founder, co-founder, executive at venture-backed startups. It's, it's been a delight sort of at the end of my career here, what I hope is the end of my career. Um, you know, doing something that's not venture back, not being a software vendor, and really just kind of being an observer in the in the IT space. You know, I've, I've been in security, they call it cyber now, but back then I called it InfoSec for about 20 years. So I have a, a deep, I think, base there of understanding and knowledge. And of course, I've seen this whole DevOps thing, you know, grow from a, an acorn into an oak over the last yeah. five years. Well, I, I frequently tell the story because I, I, I think it's funny. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll step back and give a little background and say that, um, you know, I've been sort of involved with DevOps.com, you know, since Alan launched it. Almost day uh, one, yeah. Uh, you know, I was invited by Alan to be part of kind of the editorial board and, and be one of the, like, feature writers of DevOps.com. But uh, what was funny is how that conversation happened because you had, you had called me up and said, hey, I've got to, you know, proposal I, I got a thing a project I want to talk to you about and I said all right and we got on the phone and you, you know you would say well what do you know about DevOps and my answer was something along the lines of well I know that you just said the word DevOps that's about the extent of <laughs> that, was, that was the extent of my knowledge of DevOps at the time but uh, as with many things throughout my career both in IT and outside of IT my my own personal uh, philosophy is always sort of say yes and figure it out later. And that's kind of what I did. It's like, you know, you were like, hey, are you on? Are, are you on board? And I'm like, I'm absolutely on board. Now let me go do some research and figure out what the hell DevOps is. <laughs> I think we were all, you know, back then, Tony, we were all in that boat. What the heck is this thing? Sounds cool. 
I think I probably wrote three or four different articles with roughly that same title too. Yeah. I mean, if you go back, we launched DevOps.com in March of 2014. And if you go back to that time frame, I think you'll literally find probably a, dozens of articles that attempt to answer the question of what exactly is DevOps. And, and though we don't ask that question much anymore, Tony, that early confusion really plays out today when we talk about things like, well, do we need something called DevSecOps? Isn't it really just DevOps? Do we need DevBizOps? Do we need DevXOps? Anything. It's all DevOps. And it, and it goes back to that, which is when you have something that doesn't have a manifesto, that doesn't have a tight definition, you leave it open to interpretation. And, and this is what happens. Right. Well, and I think that was, you know, when 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 we started devops.com i think part of the the thing for me was sort of as i researched it saying okay there isn't like i can't point to a thing and go this product is devops you know like i can with like say a firewall or an antivirus software or whatever i can't go this is devops and it was it was as much or more about the culture than it was about the tools and it was very open to interpretation. So what one what one company called DevOps could look entirely different than what another company was calling DevOps. And I think that there's been some convergence and we've gotten, I think, a little bit more consistency in what we're calling DevOps. Mm -hmm. But I, I think there is I think I think with time what we what we think of as DevOps has sort of solidified. I think a lot of I think a lot of what we know isn't DevOps is more easily readily apparent than what is DevOps. But go ahead. Well, and um, and so so you know one of the things that you didn't really mention, but you know, kind of a, a, a tangential or peripheral uh, venture to all these media websites that are under media ops is. Are all the conferences that you're doing, you know, going around doing DevSecOps day, you know, DevOps days and, and different different conferences all around the world, um, and you know, and, and you know, we've we've gone back and forth. I remember, you know, years ago going back and forth about, well, is it is it rugged DevOps? If it, is it DevOps security? Is it DevSecOps? And it seems like we've you know, we've sort of got a consensus around DevSecOps now, but but like you just said, it's like, do we need to call that a separate thing? You know, it's like. It should, you know, ideally, and I, and I realize this is a utopian vision, but ideally security should just be a part of what we do. And especially, I mean, especially when you're talking about DevOps, because it's so, you know, the, the, the development cycle is so rapid and iterative. It's like you don't have time like the way we did when I was in the trenches, you know, 15, 20 years ago, where the developers would just come up with some requirements and develop the thing and security would look at it after the fact and just kind of go, all right, yeah, that, you know, that's good. Or you need to fix this. Ooh, sorry. That's okay. We, I, I, we never have background music on the podcast, so that's good. Well, um, nothing about the little Led Zeppelin. But, but, uh, but you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, you know, with DevOps in particular, it's like everything happens so fast that, you know, it, there really isn't like an after the fact, you know, like it, security as an industry, we tend to, do things after the fact. Everything is reactive. You know, we, we develop a technology and then we say, oh shit, we should secure that. And with DevOps, they're like, isn't really time for that part. No, no. And that that's the whole shifting left thing, right? We've got to shift left. We've got to automate. We've got to be involved earlier in the process. And 
you know, for all of those reasons. I think the bigger issue, though, is this, Tony. There is no such thing as DevSecOps, and I've, I've gone on record of saying this. But I'm also, I think, have been one of the catalysts to a certain extent around DevSecOps. And, and believe me, the DevSecOps movement was started by people like Shannon Leitz over at Intuit, um, James... Uh, James started Rugged DevOps, and James Wicker started Rugged DevOps, and, and, and a host of other people. What it really, why we have something called DevSecOps, Tony, is because the security people looked at DevOps and said, you know, where do they fit in? And, and security, I, I think most, you know, when we look at security, how it fits into the broader IT landscape, it always it hasn't always been a smooth fit. There hasn't always been a seat at the table for security. And so by calling them out and recognizing them with the name DevSecOps rather than just hey security's part of DevOps, it it facilitated bringing that tribe into the nation. Right? And I've seen this, you know Tony, every year at RSA we do a big DevSecOps event the Monday of RSA week in Moscone, along with the RSA conference folks. And every year it grows. We get well over a thousand people now. Um, it's it 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 became it became a place where securities can say, yes, we do have a role here and, and we could better define it. And we have seen the shift left. We have seen the automation. We have seen pre-deployment security testing. That and planning and everything else that we didn't see seven, eight, ten years ago. But I think we're also at a period of time right now, Tony, where shift left isn't enough. We need to shift right as well. We need to, security doesn't end in the DevOps world with deployment. We need to have SecOps. We need to have guardrails in place for you know how our apps and how our infrastructure is is performing and we need to have feedback loops that feed that back into the deployment and the continuous improvement process does that make sense without sounding too too yeah. much like no i mean I, I i think it makes sense and i think that you know you know all of it needs to come together which i, I think we're you know going in the, the right direction but i mean i think all of it needs to come together because it doesn't really work if you've got DevOps and then again, sort of after the fact, you have a security team, you know, security professionals who come in and say, oh, well, now we're going to be the kind of security band aid on top of DevOps, like because DevOps just doesn't really work that way. Um, it's like it needs to be integrated, it needs to work together. And, you know, it's, it's the, you know, the, the hallmark of DevOps is the word continuous, whether it's continuous integration, continuous deployment, continuous monitoring, everything's continuous. And, um, Along those lines, I feel like, especially when we're talking about containerized applications, you know, running on cloud environments that can, you know, scale, uh, you know, exponentially in the blink of an eye, that a lot of those things they, they need to be automated. Um, you know, you you need you need you need the security to be, you know, automated and cloud native, and not like try to like bolt on your uh, you know your your uh, security tools from your data center into your DevOps. Mm -hmm. I, I I agree. It, it can't. And by the way, 
not security should never be bolted on again, right? Let's let's drop that from the lexicon. No more bolt on security, right? How can we holistically integrate security into what what we do in IT, what we do in development, what we do in DevOps, what we're doing in ops? You know, as as right. as exciting as DevOps is, and the whole move to microservices and Kubernetes, we're also seeing a revolution in ops, right? Things like SRE, right? For so long, ops was ops was a boring job, number one. But you had things like idle and ITSM, and they were so process driven, and and we started to think of security as being extremely process driven, but. You know, with new with new disciplines and frameworks like SRE and and new ops as they call it, I I think we're seeing yet another opportunity for security to to up our game and and you know and help us all become more protected. Yeah, you know, to to take that kind of like beyond DevOps and DevSecOps, you know, I think on the on the broader scale, um, I think that there has been an evolution from both sides where the business side over time has come to understand the essential role that security plays uh, and the security side has come to the middle to understand that what they do what you know what what we do as information security professionals has to facilitate business processes it has to you know aid in 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 helping the business make money and stuff not just be the police not just be a roadblock and 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 as those two have kind of converged in the middle and come to more of an understanding of the roles they each play and how they influence each other i think it's 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 gotten better and you know you see you see more stuff i mean i think there's still room for improvement but you see more stuff uh, where you know, CSOs and CISOs, you know, get to sit at the big boy table uh, and 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 actually be heard and not just be kind of an afterthought. And um, you know, but but part of that is that those those people, the people who fill like that CISO role, uh, which I know you're familiar with, <laughs> but people, people who fill the CISO role have to be able to understand the business and business goals and what and what the organization is trying to accomplish and not just come in with like a draconian set of rules and say, no, this is how we're going to do this. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, I 100 percent agree with that. But again, Tony, how much of this is due to our and when I say our I mean the security industry, our own dysfunction. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. The security industry, I think, has been dysfunctional for a very long time. Uh, when you look at the, you know, and it goes to when you ask most security people, and I'm not talking about people who came out of school in the last three years and actually took information security as a major in college or anything. Old time security folks, like the people you and I know, Tony, what made them get into security? 80% of them will tell you because we like to break things. Right? Yeah. We like to break things and then try to fix them back. So this is, you know, these people, we were a little dysfunctional because we didn't fit into that IT thing. We we tended, you know, to relish being the other, if you will. Yeah. And, 
You know. Well, and, you know, it, it, you you reap what you sow. True. Well, I was gonna say too that like, you know, it, it, I, I've never actually stayed for DefCon. Um, I've only I've only been there for like you know. There's always like you have Black Hat, and then there's like that kind of one day crossover where they're kind of you know both audiences are in town mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, so I've seen the audience, and it's like you know, no judgment here. I'm I'm totally on board with everyone. You know, everyone you do you, but you know, a lot of times the DefCon audience. Uh, is much more of the you know pierced tattooed you know gauged ears and it's like it you know and t so it just your your point kind of reminded me it's like they the as an as a group if I was going to stereotype it's like they go out of their way to be rebels. I, I agree. We relish our rebelness, if you will. Now, uh, the 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 issue is. You know, that's fine for when you and I were coming up through the ranks, but I don't know if how much did that play into our success or failure as an industry, right? And going forward, being part of the team and playing and helping set the rules, I, I think is going to get us a lot more secure yeah. than we have in the past. Yeah. At, at, at the same time, and, and this is not in any way unique to the security industry. I think every industry has some variation of this, but um, there is that sort of yeah, like the 80-20 the rule of like best practices that really haven't fundamentally changed. There's like, you know, basically it's like a, these are the core things that you should do to be more secure. And it's sort of like telling someone, you know, eat right and exercise in order to be healthy. And right. that doesn't mean like... Every single day, you know, if I go through my Instagram feed, there's, you know, 15 different, you know, wonder drugs and wonder exercises and wonder, you know, weightlifting equipments. And, you know, every, you know, everyone is reinventing it every day and coming out with like the thing with the bells and the whistles that, you know, and, and, and it sells. I mean, it works. Um, but when it comes down to it, fundamentally, eat right and exercise is still the best answer there. And on this side, there are on the security side, there are just kind of core principles. It's like I don't care what whiz bang new tool you come out with next week; it's not going to change the foundation of of what so, practices are. Yeah, you want to know why, Tony? But here's the thing, and I'm going to lay it out: DevSecOps isn't about whiz bang new tools. And anyone who tells you it is is probably selling you, trying to sell you a whiz bang new tool. What DevSecOps really, at its heart, is getting the security team working with the dev and ops teams. I don't really care whether you're using an old open source tool, a shiny new trinket tool, or anything in between, a combination thereof. If my security guy is working hand in hand with my developer, talking about how can we get, how can we make sure our secure, our code is more secure when we deploy it, we're all better off. Whether you use Qualys or Tenable or some new open source component security scanner like a white source or or what an alert logical I don't really care right if 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 we're communicating and we're better off yeah if we realize we're all on the same team and we go we pull in the same direction we're better off 
right? Yep. It, it, if we're not pointing fingers at each other and saying it's that jerk off's fault, we're better off. So that, yep. that's that's true. That's what and that, I think it's about. Well, and that and that apply. I think that applies on on so many levels, and and, and I, I I I know. Yeah, I do not want to get political. Uh, mainly, I would love to get political, but mainly I don't want to get political because I know that you and I could go for another two hours. Yeah, uh, no, if, if we <laughs> if we got That's political. Podcast, but, <laughs> but, but um, uh, you know, uh, my 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 son was recently at a uh, a uh, 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 camp uh, for like marine biology, and uh, they had a conversation about climate and climate change and the environment and 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 they so they had a whole conversation a whole discussion uh as a group about okay but what do you do when you're 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 talking to someone who rejects that climate science who, who says it's not a thing or whatever and you know and their and their approach was to say well you need you know it's not going to work if you just try to like convince them or you know to, or hit them over the head with your statistics and tell them why they're wrong you need to like ask them to try to like articulate. Well, why do you think that? And try to understand their position so you can kind of come around it from another way. And I'm like, I don't disagree with that. I think that is a a, a great way to have a rational discussion. The problem is a lot of these conversations are not rational. Right. And well, so asking asking that, someone asking someone possible. why they feel the way they do might get you some sort of answer where you just kind of like shrug your shoulders and go, all right, we're done here. Exactly. And, and that's a, pr a big problem in American politics today, right? But let's stay out of politics and bring it back to DevOps and security and development and IT. Tony, I bet if we had a thousand developers in our room in front of us and we said, hey, how many of you want to develop some insecure code? Or how many of you want to deploy code that you've written that winds up being a security risk? No one raises their hand. They'll they'll start bitching and moaning about, well, they, they put time constraints on us. We don't have enough time to do the security testing. You know, if, if we only, you know, if they gave us, if they made it more of a priority, blah, blah, blah. But no one, no one wants to release insecure code. No one, I don't care whether it's dev, DevOps, ops, no one raises their hand and says, geez, I... I hope we put out an app that has a buffer overflow or a cross-site scripting error or something else that allows my company to be pawned and, and be tomorrow's New York had, you know, New York Times headline. No one. <laughs> right. Right? We all we all want to have quality. And if that's the starting point for the discussion, right? Mm -hmm. If that's the starting point, I think we could we can get to a good end point. I think right. the next and the next biggest thing, and, and Tony, this does transcend IT and, and go into politics. Empathy. Yeah. Empathize, and this is something I tell my kids, right? Put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? What's pushing and pulling them? Understand that, and understanding that is the key to making it work for you. And and this is a big, you know. Not, not again, not to get all DevOps guru on you, but empathy is another big part of the DevOps formula. Well, I, I, I agree with you know that completely because, uh, like you said, if you put if you if you if you got a bunch of people in the room, you know, unless you know, you've got five hundred developers, five hundred ops guys, five hundred security guys, and 
asks, you know, like, well, what do you want the end result to look like? Especially assuming they all work for the same company. It'd be a really big company, but yeah, you know, they, they all work for the same company. Um, you know, none of them is going to say, well, I hope the company crashes and fails. Like they all, they all want the company to succeed. They all want the application they're developing to succeed. And so, yeah, you, it's, a, it's a very good point to say, like, if you could start from there and then walk back and then say, okay, well, then, you know, the security guys say, well, then we need to do this. And then the developer can say, okay, well, here's why that's challenging. Here's, you know, here's why as I'm developing, why I can't do that. And then you just have some back and forth and figure out, okay, well, what's the best approach for us to work together to achieve what is our common goal? Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, that, and there's lessons there for our country and the rest of the world too, but I think that's the key to it. It's not, it's not about the tools. I know, you know, unfortunately we're predominantly a male, male dominated uh, industry and guys like their tools. But really the key here is not, not better tools or new tools or, you know, new shiny tools. It, I think it's more cultural. Yeah. You know, even when I was, you know, working as a security, you know, architect, consultant, analyst, whatever the term du jour was, um, I would go to, you know, a company, uh, a client, and they would say, well, you know, you know, we need your help, you know, sorting through the options to figure out, you know, what, what uh, you know, endpoint security we're, we're going to buy or whatever. Uh, and I would always kind of step back and say, well, can we, you know, let, let's, let's start by looking at what do you already own and are you using that? I mean, like, are you actually using the security controls that are just built into windows? Like, why would you want to spend more money if you're not even using the stuff you've got? Yeah. I mean, so again, I have a lot of friends who are security vendors, far be it from me to say, don't buy more security tools, but I think I think if you look in the cupboard on the shelf of, of most organizations today, they probably have most of the tools they need. Um, I again I, I think it's just a question of of culture, of process, of policy. Right. Well it comes back to that shit. Eighty twenty best practices. So for for example, you know, I can you know, I can get whatever, you know, fat burning pill there is, or I can, you know, go buy, you know, the, the P90X, uh, you know, exercise plan or whatever. Like I can, I can buy the tools and, and, and I can, I can invest money buying the things, but in the end you still have to eat right and exercise. I, I agree with you, right? There are just certain things you can't substitute, but you know, I, I said something at the end of my last comment, Tony, that I think we haven't touched on either. And that is another thing I think that it often gets overlooked. Leadership. Leadership. When we look at successful organizations who are doing DevOps, who who have implemented DevSecOps successfully, in almost every single one, you will find executive leadership that is is providing the air cover, is providing the guidance, is providing the 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 breath, if you will, to make these transformations successful. It's very hard 
to change the culture. It's very hard to get teams that haven't worked and departments that haven't worked before together without a leader and leadership being squarely behind it, encouraging it, and fostering it. You don't break down silos without it. So, and that leadership has to come from both the security side of the house, the IT side of the house, and the business side of the house. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's on uh, what's on the horizon for you? I know that uh, you, you and I already talked last week, and I know that uh, you are not planning on personally attending Black Hat, but uh, yeah, that, well, doesn't, that doesn't mean you're not doing your share of travel. No, I mean I love going to Black Hat. And I haven't been to DEF CON since the year I got hacked, Tony, in like 2005. But look, today's DEF CON is not what DEF CON was in 2005 either. Um, nor is Black Hat what Black Hat was back at Caesar's Palace in the old days. But in that, you know, I just got home from London where I was at DevOps Enterprise Summit the week before I was in San Francisco. Next, well, by the time people hear this, I'll be in Colorado. I come home from Colorado for two days, and then I set off for Singapore, where I'll be at RSA APJ, putting on a DevSecOps event the day of there, as well as broadcasting on Digital Anarchist uh, videos. And then um, I go from Singapore to Australia, where I'm meeting with several partners from my DevOps Institute, of which I'm a co-founder. Um, coming home from Australia, the end. Uh, there'll be the end of July by then, Tony. I'm back out in August 10th in San Francisco for DevOps World Jenkins World, which is a pretty big event at Moscone. Uh, my next event, actually, I come home for a while after that, and then I have to go to Israel. Mid, well, I think I'm in Brooklyn in September for a GitHub event, then Israel for a Yala DevOps event. And October's back in Vegas. November, I'm in San Diego for KubeCon and Orlando for DevSecOps. December is Lisbon. And then in January, we start all over again. Well, I know who to come to if I ever need to, like, you know, borrow some frequent flyer right. miles. Right, if you want some frequent flyer miles, I'm your guy. But in addition to that, look, at DevOps.com, MediaOps, Security Boulevard, we're putting on some great virtual conferences one on the Kubernetes ecosystem, August 8th. We have our DevOps experience virtual event. We have another event coming, a virtual event coming up on mainframe and DevOps. We have our DevOps dozen awards, a new DevOps tool guide. So much, so many, so many balls in the air and things going on. You know, just you can follow the bouncing ball at our sites, I guess. And, you know, Tony, you know you you still contribute. You you see what's going on. It's yeah, great. Need to, I need to contribute uh, more. Yeah, <laughs> I no, just it's always on my list, but I have so much stuff on my plate. It's hard. It's hard writing. I I got to tell you the truth. I don't write as much anymore. I like doing podcasts because I could do them quickly and you know like this format. Uh, but I don't even have time to do that. I have Mitchell Ashley, and you know Mitchell. He's one of my co-founders back at Still Secure in Colorado. Mitchell was VP of Engineering and CTO. Mitchell's been CEO. He is one of the smartest people I know, both security and just engineering. So Mitchell's been doing a lot of podcasts for us. Um, 
I have Chris Riley from Fixate doing a lot of interviews for us. I do a lot of videos now too, Tony. You know, we 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 have an in-house video team in our new Media Ops World Headquarters. We actually have a, a, a media studio where we record stuff and um, you know, it's it keeps me busy. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of that busy schedule to uh, chat with me. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to Tony Bradley. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, too too bad I won't uh, uh, catch up with you at Black Hat. And I, you know, I, I uh, don't. I have no idea offhand what the probability is of me being at any of the things that you listed. <laughs> but well, uh, if you are, say hello. I mean, look, we will have DevOps and Security Boulevard folks covering Black Hat, so we'll yeah. be reporting from there. I just, unless something changes, I, I just, maybe I fall out of the plane on my way to San Francisco a couple of days early and stop over in Vegas. Other than that, I don't know. If, if, if nothing else, I uh, can, uh, can almost guarantee that I will uh, see you in San Francisco for RSA. That's for sure. We're already actually putting the touches on that you know rsa's back to being a little earlier next year and we'll be doing our devsecops event is it they need to make up their mind on that is it like valentine's day again yeah i think it is no it's not valentine's day that's the 14th you know my anniversary my wedding anniversary is the 25th and i think that's when it is oh okay so still bad for you but not not necessarily as bad for everyone it's like you know like it didn't didn't go over real well you know, to to go to a security conference, uh, the security frat party on Valentine's yep. Day. I, I I remember it well. <laughs> Those were the good old days, Tony. All right, my friend. Thank All you right. for having me on, and keep up the great work. All right, thank you. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks, and uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions you'd like to see answered in future posts.